Hi, everyone. We're conducting an audience survey, and we'd be really grateful if you could take just a few minutes and answer a few questions. Please visit survey.prx.org happiness to take the survey today. That's survey.prx.org happiness. Thank you. The Science of Happiness is brought to you by Progressive, one of the country's leading providers of auto insurance. With Progressive's Name Your Price tool, you say what kind of coverage you're looking for and how much you want to pay, and Progressive will help you find options that fit within your budget. Use the Name Your Price tool and start an online quote today at Progressive.com. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Several years ago, my grandmother, who I was very close to, got diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, and the doctors told her she only had a few months to live. And when this happened, I flew home from L.A. to the Bay Area, to Pittsburgh, California, where I'm from, and I walked into the room. And as soon as I walked in the door, she pulled me into her room, shut the door, and she said, I've been wanting to talk to you about something for a long time, but now that I know I don't have a lot of time left, I'm going to ask you now. And I'm looking at her like, what, what are you even talking about? And she said, if you were in my shoes and you knew you were going to die in two months, what would you do? And I'm looking at her like, what, what are you talking about? You're the one. And she said, just get quiet and listen. If you were in my shoes and you knew you were going to die in two months, what would you do? And I closed my eyes. I felt this well of emotions just come up inside of me. And I said, I would stop every single thing that I'm doing and I would record an album. I would do music. And she said, I know. Baby, I know. She just looked at me and she said, promise me you'll do it. Just promise me you will do it. Little boy, don't cry. You've been in pain. Enough. One day I'll look into your eyes Show you you don't need to hide behind the sky Spread your wings, you're terrified Don't be afraid, you're born to fly I'm by your side Justin Michael Williams debuted his first album, Metamorphosis, not too long after that conversation with his grandmother. Justin is also an author and a leader in the new wave of mindfulness. His new book, Stay Woke, A Meditation Guide for the Rest of Us, was just released last month. This book is a guide for people of all genders, identities, colors, and economic backgrounds to use the wisdom of mindfulness to better their lives. I've read it, and it's remarkable. Today, we invited Justin to join us on the Science of Happiness to try a practice that's aimed to make us feel more connected and more grateful to the people who matter most. Justin, thanks so much for being with us today. Dacker, it's an honor. Thank you so much for having me. Justin, I'd like to start by hearing a little bit more about where you were in your life leading up to that moment with your grandmother when she found out she had stage four cancer and a couple months to live and kind of insisted that you follow your dreams. What was going on with you at the time? I grew up with a lot of love around me, mm. but with a lot of trauma. Yeah. I know a lot of people have. but What kind of trauma? You know, gunshot holes outside of the house that I grew up in, domestic violence and addiction. Yeah. And my parents, I know, did the absolute best they could, and they yeah. gave us so much love. But my childhood was just a mix of this trauma meets, like, we're trying to overcome. And I think what happens when you grow up with that kind of environment is you find some way to adapt. Yeah. And some people adapt with drugs or with 
gangs or with violence. And I just feel lucky and grateful that my adaptation was, I'm going to just be really smart and get out of here. <laughs> you know, that yeah. was like my big yeah. dream was like, let me get out, you yeah. know? And especially I grew up getting teased and bullied a lot in school because of my sexuality, which I didn't even, I wasn't even out back then, <laughs> you know, but like. What are you teasing me about? Yeah, <laughs> people, why do you walk like that? Why do you talk like that? Why are you this? Yeah. Why are you, that? you know, and um, so I, I just wanted to, to leave and. I'm really grateful to say that I was able to do that. I ended up getting a full-ride academic scholarship to go to UCLA. And when I left to go to UCLA, I had originally gone and thought I wanted to do musical theater because I always wanted to do music ever since I was a little kid. Uh -huh. But I was going and I had the scholarship and everybody around me and everybody in my family and all my friends and everybody's telling me, don't you dare go and do music. You need to make money and get out. <laughs> yeah. So you you can't do that. Like you can do music on the side. You can do that for fun. And so I gave it up completely. And wow. I went and I was a communication studies major uh -huh. and did marketing. And then I started a marketing company, actually, when I was 20 years old, when I was in school, ended up having five employees, making six figures by the time I was 23, doing the whole thing, you know, looking really successful in L.A., but in the inside, I didn't feel any different. Yeah. And all the trauma started just coming up to the surface now. Like waves, yeah. Like it just manifesting in my life in, yeah. in these crazy ways. And it was a really interesting thing to try to deal with. So I wanted to turn to the happiness practice you chose, mental subtraction of relationships. And this practice often hits people really poignantly because what it asks you to do is imagine your life without somebody you love being in it. And what would your life look like, your career, your family, where you live? And it derives actually from a study by Sarah Aljo, who's a professor at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and Dan Gilbert over at Harvard. And what they found is that thinking about your life without a loved one makes people more grateful for that individual, and then they experience more happiness in general. Can you walk us through how you did this mental subtraction of relationships practice? It basically took about 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, and you sit down and take a second to just think about an important relationship in your life. So any relationship, like a friendship or romantic partnership, and then think about how you met the person and then imagine how it could be possible that you could have never met them. Hmm. So what would it be like if you've never met this person? And then, and then go deeper and think about all of the possible events and decisions, large ones and small things that could have gone differently or prevented you from even meeting this person in the first place. And then the big part is imagining what your life would be like now if you had never met them and bringing up some of the joys and the benefits that you have in your life because of them and imagining not having them. Yeah. And yeah. it's so deep. Yeah, it's profound. Yeah. And then the flip at the end is to then shift your focus to go, oh, but I did meet this person. Mm -hmm. And how grateful you feel. Like, wow, how, <laughs> how amazing this is that this one little decision like led to my life being this incredible. Yeah. And so it's powerful. So you did this practice thinking about your grandmother, your baka. What would your life have looked like without her, especially without the guidance she provided at the end of her life when she really urged you to become a musician? So when I think about that experience with my grandmother, hmm. I could see a life where my trauma was controlling me yeah. and I was continuing to create a life based on my desire to leave that trauma hmm. because it was living inside of me internally 
even though I wasn't in it physically anymore. Right. And I can see myself never having gone after my passions hmm. and never bringing the dream that I have of music to life. And, and what that really means is, you know, ending up, there was this quote that I read once, said like, the definition of hell is on your last day on earth, the person you could have been meeting the person you've become. Hmm. I'm just closing my eyes and trying to imagine like what my day might be like. I see myself running this rat race, just trying so hard to fill this void that is unable to be filled by this constant desire for success in the wrong direction. Yeah. I see myself having failed relationships yeah. over and over and being stuck in that toxic cycles of letting my trauma run my relationships. And you know, growing up in a home with domestic abuse, for me, for some men, I think it makes them abusive, but for me, it's made me really timid and mm. passive because I, I, I don't like to be angry. Yeah. And I see myself working in a job that was totally out of alignment with my purpose. I would really probably still be doing some sort of marketing work. Yeah, making a ton of money. Yeah, and feeling so empty yeah. with it all, with all the things, Yeah, you know, feeling, feeling very empty. And so when my grandma asked me this question, that was when music woke up again. It was off for five, seven, six years, no yeah. singing at all. Yeah. And then it woke up. When I started doing music again, I had resentment that I had given up on it and not started sooner because I thought, wow, where would I be right now if I yeah. started sooner? Yeah. And then when this all happened, it was because of my marketing experience that I was able to get the album to do as well as it did. Yeah. And so it's it just so true that everything in our life leads to the next thing. And the real truth is, is uh, people always ask me when they're like, you're a musician. Why are you, why are you writing a meditation book? Like, what does meditation have to do with any of this? And I always tell them it's yeah. because I would not have ever had the internal ability to have stepped into this purpose, to step into this life, to get over the things that were holding me back yeah. if it was not for this practice. So now I share it with everybody I know. Yeah. What I want to show people is that meditation is not just about relaxing yeah. and being Zen. Yeah. Meditation is about awareness. You know, and there's not a lot of evidence on this, and it's really regrettable, which is mindfulness and meditation and all these happiness practices get you to what you're really supposed to do. Yeah. Right? And, and shed the illusions of what you think might matter. So really interesting. Because you're going internal and you're spending that time, 
you're not able to ignore what's inside yeah. because you're actually going inside yeah. where we, most of us spend so much of our lives outside, yeah. you know? And, and so you just are hearing it more yeah. and louder and you're just like, oh God, okay, this is something really important to me. Yeah. One of the really striking things about the practice is that when we imagine somebody not being in our life and then the shifts and trajectories in our own lives, we're often filled with gratitude, yeah. you know? And so I think about certain people in my life, my wife and how deeply intertwined sitting right here is with meeting her randomly 30 years ago. What kind of feelings did it trigger for you when you just did this practice? I felt filled and flooded with joy. Mm. I just felt so grateful. Yeah. Wow. When my grandma asked me this question, if you were in my shoes and you knew you were going to die in two months, what would you do? Yeah. I got this visual of sometime later in my life, I would have climbed all the way up to the top of this marketing mountain, right? And I know I would have got to the top of it. Yeah. And I would look across somewhere later in my life and say, oh my gosh, I'm on the top of the wrong mountain. Mm. Wow. Looking back at your relationship with your grandmother, what lessons did she teach you that you're most grateful for today? She would have never said it this way, but this concept of your thoughts and who you're being creating your reality. Yeah. And who you are being and the energy you're putting out into the world on this quanta you know, level is coming back and creating the reality around you. Now, my grandma would explain that you know, as you gotta be a good person and the way that you're being matters more than what you do. You know, and one of the other things that she always taught me that I'm grateful it was a lesson from the start is she would always say, please remember that money is not your God, love is your God. Mm you know, yeah. and just these different teachings that she would give to me as a kid that, that I grew up and heard in different language, you know, made such a huge impact. Yeah. Well, Justin Michael Williams, thank you so much for being on our show. It is always a delight beyond delight to be in conversation with you. Thank you, Dakar. Justin Michael Williams is now on a nationwide tour of inner city high schools to share his story and some new music and fundraise to provide them with access to books, audio, and events about mindfulness. You can learn more at staywokegiveback.org. Up next, how the mental subtraction practice can make us more grateful and why that matters for our most important relationships. There's a well-known irony in the science of happiness that you may be aware of, which is we tend to really hold on to the bad things in our lives. We remember them more, see them more readily. And then we very often forget all that is good around us. Amy Gordon is an assistant professor of psychology at the University of Michigan. She says that counting our blessings is an antidote to this irony of the human mind. A lot of sort of our basic instinct is to be threat vigilant, to focus on what's wrong. And when we practice gratitude or, or are more grateful, I think it can shift our focus to see what's good in our lives. And that by itself should make us feel better. Amy's team conducted a study where she had couples do the mental subtraction of relationships practice. She said it helped their brains kind of reset. Like a mental reset to say, okay, I've gotten used to all these good things and I don't see them as much anymore because they're there all the time and I kind of take them for granted. But if I can have a moment of imagining my life without that and having to reset, it can help me have a little bit of a start over and say, oh yes, that's right. In a series of studies, Amy and her team found that romantic couples who did the mental subtraction of relationships practice were more likely to be together up to nine months after the study ended. 
When we recognize the value of people in our lives, we want to make more of an effort to keep them around and happy. And this doesn't just work only with people. It's also the case for our careers and even our health. Let's say we've been sick. You know, that's a way to sort of mentally subtract our health, right? After not being able to breathe through my nose when I get a cold, I'm so grateful for a few days to have to just be able to breathe freely again, right? And, and then eventually we adapt and habituate again, unfortunately. But it's that idea that that moment when we feel the value in something, we want to do more to hold on to it. So in that case, I might work harder to stay healthy because I'm really valuing what it's like when I feel good and I'm not sick. We are so built to adapt to the good things in our life that even you know when we really try, it can be difficult to overcome that adaptation. And thinking about gratitude in relationships and more broadly, my few takeaways would be one, to know that we're not gonna be grateful all the time, that it's hard to be grateful all the time. We're built not to you know notice and always appreciate the good things in our lives. But that too, it's also really beneficial and important to feel seen and heard and understood and appreciated. So giving that to the people in your life is really valuable. Hiring the right team for your business can be a long and arduous process. With Indeed, there are no long-term contracts. You can pause your account at any time. And you only pay for what you need. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates with Indeed Instant Match. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to help show you great candidates instantly. Want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed. Right now, our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com happiness. This is Indeed's best offer available anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com happiness. Indeed.com slash happiness. Offer valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. It's a new year. Time to leave what you don't need in the past and sell those luxury items at The Real Real. The Real Real is a trusted source for authenticated luxury consignment. And you can sell everything from women's and men's luxury fashion and accessories to fine jewelry, watches, art, and home decor. Choose your own virtual appointment time and meet by video with a luxury manager. They'll walk you through the selling process, give you price estimates for your items, and help you decide what to sell. Afterward, the real real will arrange a free pickup. You can also sell in person, safely and easily, at one of the real real's locations across the country. Or just request a free shipping label to send your items in. Selling your luxury items with the real real isn't just smart financially, it's sustainable. It's a win-win. Start selling and earning today. Visit therealreal.com to book your free appointment. If you would like to try the mental subtraction of relationships practice, visit our Greater Good in Action website at ggia.berkeley.edu. Tell us how it went by emailing us at greater at berkeley.edu or using the hashtag happinesspod. I'm Dacher Keltner. Thanks for joining us on the Science of Happiness. Our podcast is a co-production of UC Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center and PRX. Our senior producer is Shuka Kalantari. Production assistance is from Jenny Cataldo and Ben Manila of BMP Audio. Our associate producers are Brett Simpson and Ariella Markowitz. Our executive producer is Jane Park. Our editor-in-chief is Jason Marsh. Our science director is Emiliana Simon-Thomas. Special thanks to UC Berkeley's Graduate School of Journalism.